You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Sunday, September 17th. The 49ers just finished beating the Rams 30-23 to in very dramatic fashion. Joining me to break it all down is Sour Death Sam. How's it going today, man? It's going well. Happy to leave with the W. Um, you know, from when we talked on Wednesday, I think it was a lot closer than we thought. I think it sort of split yeah. the difference from what we thought it was going to be, which was uh, potentially a trap game, potentially a runaway victory. So excited to talk about it. For sure. I feel like if someone looked at the final score and maybe didn't watch the game, they'd be like, all right, like that's about what I expected to happen. But if they saw the game, they would have probably been like, ooh, this 49ers team doesn't look so great. At least if they saw any part of the first half, because that is what I guess was concerning to me. We'll talk about it. But yeah, this was a weird word game. And I do want to start by saying that a lot of people gaslit me into thinking the Rams were not actually good. They were just playing the Seahawks in week one and the Seahawks suck. And I knew it. I had a feeling this Rams offense looked better than expected. Nakua is legit. I think we saw that today as well, Uh, but I digress. Um, So let's talk about the first half because this game was truly a game of two halves for the 49ers in particular for their defense. So as far as what went wrong in the first half, like this defense just looked like a shell of themselves. They were lacking pressure. They didn't get any sacks in the first half. I believe they only had one QB hit. Stafford had plenty of time. They were running lots of man off-man coverage, which was giving the Rams receivers a bunch of cushion. And so Stafford was finding his guys all day. It didn't help that, like, Ambry Thomas was out there. He seemed to be struggling, too. But I, I'm going to be pointing the finger at the off-man coverage for the first half and why, you know, the Rams offense got to such a hot start. Yeah. I I think the big, what became clear in this game was that our, our enthusiasm about a defensive performance from week one, uh, we, we, we sobered up a little bit and we began to understand sort of where we were vulnerable uh, against the Rams team that for any team that has the Rams on their schedule, um, don't play around. We saw in week one that that was the case. We weren't sure if it was Seattle being bad and the Rams being good, some combination of both. Um, The Rams without Cooper Cup are capable of generating an offense. And so beware. And I think our defense, I don't don't necessarily think that we took the Rams for granted, but I think that it was imperative that we made as many adjustments as we could by halftime uh, or right after halftime to ensure that we didn't let this get out of hand and God forbid, turn into a trap game. Yeah. I was just shocked by the, the lack of energy that the defense showed in the first half. It was just weird because they just looked so dominant in week one. You're going into LA, which historically has been, you've had many great games there. Uh, tons of 49er fans in the house. So I, I was a little confused as to what was going on in that first half. And again, like we mentioned, Nakua, he ended the game with 19 targets. He had 15 last week. So crazy game again from Nakua. If you guys picked him up in fantasy, you're probably feeling really good right now. But I think what we saw early was, again, the 
the corners kind of struggling. Ambry Thomas was getting picked on quite a bit. And once again, second game in a row that we see the corner shuffle a bit Mm -hmm. uh, late in the game, or like I think by halftime, I believe Ambry Thomas left the game with a knee injury is what they said. And Isaiah Oliver then played the nickel and he had Lenore back in the slot. There was even one point in the game when Lenore exited because he was getting looked at for a concussion. He was cleared. He came back in, thankfully, because he made a few uh, nice plays there in the second half. But yeah, I mean, in the in the second half, they had a lot to work on. And I think we were all kind of wondering, will Steve Wilkes make the adjustments because that's been the thing that D'Amico Ryan did so well, Robert Sala even. So could Steve Wilkes make the adjustments necessary to put the defense back on track? And I think we could safely say that did happen. They were forced into mistakes in the second half, two interceptions, one by Oliver and another by Lenore. Uh, that one by Lenore happened, you know, late in the fourth, he jumped around. It, uh, it was on third down. And that pretty much, to me, like sealed the game for the 49ers because, you know, the Rams were trying to get some points there. Uh, But some of the other mistakes that it forced the Rams into in the second half, uh, there was that sack from Fred Warner. I believe that was the only sack in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, There was also an intentional grounding penalty in completions. You know, there were several of those in the second half. So I think, like, bringing more guys – bringing more guys under pressure five. He was bringing five guys instead of trying to rush four. And I think it worked out in this game, maybe wouldn't have worked so well against the Steelers last week, but he brought that in, in the second half. And I think it definitely worked out for them. Yeah. I mean, tail of two halves. I mean, by, by the second half, I think they had made, you know, Steve Wilkes, you know, credit to him. I think he was able to identify what the issues were, whether they be personnel or otherwise. And we were able to walk away uh, at the end of the game with, you know, three interceptions, I'm sorry, two interceptions and, and, you know, enough clutch plays to walk away with the victory. But, uh, you know, it, it does allow us to take a step back and, and really audit the defense and, and ask ourselves, you know, are, are we as strong as we thought we were in the beginning? And if not, are there any holes that are so concerning that we may need to address them before the trade deadline? Yeah, I, I agree. And I think like, we were all very pleasantly surprised that there was a redemption arc for Isaiah Oliver, who, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, came into the game, uh, you know, mid game after Ambry Thomas went out with his knee injury. And I think he started off kind of shaky. He had a missed tackle and everyone's like, Oh, Oliver, like he's, he sucks right now, all this stuff. Uh, But he ended the game very strong he had one of the interceptions as i mentioned and he had a couple of big tackles in the second half uh including one uh you know late in the fourth that pretty much uh sealed one of the drives there towards the end he finished with eight tackles including one for loss a pass defended as well and all in all like stafford was like dialing it up early in the game he finished 34 of 55 307 yards a touchdown, two interceptions, 67.8 quarterback rating, 55 throws. That's that's crazy that he threw this much in this game, but you know it became necessary in the second half when the 49ers just started to really pull away in this one, which is a nice pivot to the offense. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say it was a weird game from the offense, like kind of, because 
they weren't as sharp as I'm used to them being in games against the Rams. You know, Debo had a pretty good game. He had 63 yards receiving. He led the team. Uh, he also had 38 yards rushing. And one of his uh, one of the drives where he had that touchdown, uh, I think, really flipped the game and all the momentum from that point on really was the 49ers, right? But I, I just I feel like Brock Purdy, this wasn't his sharpest game. I think his best drive was the drive before halftime when they tied it up. That was a really good drive uh, from Purdy. But outside of that, he had three overthrows in this one, two in the third quarter alone when, you know, again, like that was critical moment because they were trying to extend that lead a little bit and put this team away. The two of the overthrows would have gone for touchdowns, one of them to Ayuk early in the game and the other to Debo. So something to work on. I wouldn't be surprised if Purdy like stays on the field later. I don't know. He totally. I just know he's totally. gonna be working on those throws all week if it's the last thing that he does. But I was just a little surprised that he couldn't hit um, you know, those because those would have been really nice to have. Yeah. And, you know, it's PTSD moments for a 49ers fan uh, again and again and again. I mean, the overthrows, the overthrows hurt because they were they were dialed up in a way that they should have been touchdowns. We should have had potentially a runaway game. And, you know, whether that was lingering in his mind and sort of throwing him off a little bit, hard to say. I mean, we didn't walk away with him throwing any picks. Um, as far as, you know, keeping things within 10 to 15 yards, he was still performing pretty well, but ultimately the overthrows hurt because when we see where the ball was supposed to go, when the camera pans over to the receiver, uh, there's no one in front of that receiver. So if that ball reaches within those fingertips, that's, that's a house call three times out of three. Um, and so what we're looking at here is hopefully a learning lesson for Brock Purdy. I think whatever people kind of muse about, I'll just say our former starting quarterbacks versus Brock Purdy. I think the difference is, is that you've got a young man who's driven, who's very young, who's eager to sort of make sure that he's dialing in these corrections as opposed to sort of just waving it off as a, you know, as a mistake that will never happen again. So like you said, I very much uh, believe that he will be laser focused on ensuring that those, uh, deep balls become something we celebrate for the future games ahead. But isn't this super ironic? And and Technic Sheik points it out. You know, a lot of people said Purdy lacked the arm strength. And funny enough, he overthrew these guys. And, it, you know, a lot of them were kind of down the field. The one to Debo, at least, was uh, down the field, up the middle. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not really a matter of arm strength, I guess, for Purdy. It's more so... I don't know, maybe the the technique he's throwing with his motion or like putting his, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I, just I'm got too a, excited. I'm not a quarterback, right. not a quarterback expert. All maybe right. Just but, got too excited. Um, yeah, he, he needs to get some touch on it, you know, but again, those are things he can work on. Arm strength is not one of those things you can like improve over time. You know, maybe you can work on your mechanics to, to make it somewhat improve, but like, that's not the issue with Purdy's. He, he could have hit those throws. So I think that's the one positive from this. And I think when what we know about Brock Purdy, like we said, that's going to be something he's going to work on. So, yeah. And, and, and you know, the, there are things that I appreciate about, appreciate about Brock Purdy's game that don't even involve completion. Sometimes I, 
I so, sometimes I appreciate when he is quick to throw the ball away, when he is able mm-hmm. to diagnose what he's looking at um, and just say, this isn't going to work. This is either going to put the ball in a dangerous situation or it's going to burn clock that we need. Um, and so I, I respect that about his game. Um, you know, when we had spoken on Wednesday, I think we had sort of discussed that there's sort of like an intrinsic trust that we have with Brock Purdy's decision making. And I think that the, the bummer with the deep balls is that it was the right decision, right. wasn't the right execution. So uh, I'm, I'm obviously still high on Brock Purdy. Obviously, yeah, you know, you're not going to chalk up every game this season as as a perfect polished um, victory for the Brock Purdy uh you know, community, but at the same time, the three deep balls are just so glaring because we knew that if, if, if they had made that connection, it would have been a touchdown easily. Yeah, I agree. I'm not down on, on Purdy at all. I I think overall it was still a good game and he still got the ball to, you know, his guys when he needed to. And we saw good things could happen when that happens. Right. So Kyle Shanahan um, is doing his post game uh, presser right now. Uh, giving some injury updates. Brennan Ayuk seemed to have something going on with his shoulder. It seemed to affect him early in the game. There was one point where he made a catch and he was really uh, holding on to that like collarbone shoulder area and he stayed on the ground for quite a bit. Um, also wasn't in, like he was in and out of the game. Uh, Kyle said he doesn't think that Ayuk's shoulder issue is serious. So that is good news. Um, maybe just a stinger, maybe just something that they're going to manage throughout the week, but I'm sure we'll get more details as the week progresses. Remember the 49ers have a game on Thursday against the giants for their week three matchup. So keeping injuries at, at a minimum in this game was a big deal. Ambry Thomas, uh, came back from his knee issue. So I guess he's okay as well. So it seems like there's not a lot of injury updates once again for the 49ers. I mean, I, Again, like that's a win in itself that, you know, through two games, they're coming out of them pretty healthy. Yeah. And it's a it's a big win that on a short week, we're not going to MetLife to play on that turf. Um, We get the luxury of sort of going to uh, Levi's in the flight from L.A. to the Bay is obviously not. Uh, insurmountable so a short week is never fun I mean players are never thrilled to go from a Sunday to a Thursday game but all things considered we're walking away with with a pretty favorable situation that will hopefully uh, allow us to get through that Thursday game with a victory and then uh, afford us a little bit more recovery time going into the following week now given the fact that we saw the defense start slow and like low energy to start this game does it give you any pause, like knowing that now they're going to have a very short break going into their next game and they're going to have to try to pick up the energy once again? You hope that, you know, they didn't run out of gas in this one towards the end because it was such a dramatic game that they pretty much had to play from start to finish. Um, yeah, like does that is that concerning you at all for, for Thursday night? Um. I honestly feel, and I might regret saying this, but I I almost felt more concerned about this Rams game than I felt about the Giants game. Um, I I think Matthew Stafford is still an exceptional quarterback. I mean, you know, you you see two interceptions in the box score, but um, he, he... they they clearly put up 55 passes because they felt that that's where they could attack our defense. 
if there's anyone who's paying attention to what the 49er, how the 49ers could be vulnerable, it's going to be Sean McVay and it's going to be the in-division Los Angeles Rams. When it comes to the New York Giants, obviously they're still concerned because those problems haven't necessarily gone away. Uh, there is a little bit of pause, certainly, because, surprise, we've discovered our vulnerabilities and we've got to figure out how to shore them up. But going into Thursday, um, it's hard for me to believe that the Giants attack is going to be as formidable as what we saw today. I mean, give credit to Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. Uh, these are players who uh, clearly are are outperforming where most people thought they would be. Uh, our defense is, whether or not our secondary is is a little weaker or not, I mean, our defense is is pretty stout um and yet they were able to i mean puka nakua 147 yards um that's that's a big deal when we talk about the giants i i don't believe we will see the same type of damage but at the same time that doesn't mean that that's not where they will attack either so there is a little bit of pause but i'm less concerned going into the giants game than i am than i was going into this rams game yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, divisional matchups are always, uh, you know, tougher. They both know each other very well. So uh, I think we saw that in today's game. And yeah, the Giants had a pretty tough matchup today with Arizona Cardinals. And we all know the Arizona Cardinals are not very good. They dropped to 0-2 today. Uh, the Giants ended up coming away with the win, which is crazy because they were down 20-0 at one point in this game. And they they came back. So I, I'm also kind of hoping that the dramatic finish for them kind of, you know, tired them out. And maybe we, we just get another crappy Thursday night game where both teams. Oh, we will. Just... <laughs> oh, we will. There is no escape. There's no. Yeah. Like death and a really boring Thursday night football game are the two things you can guarantee in life. Um, and especially I mean, look, I mean, uh, Saquon may have been banged up in that last game. I know he was taken out of the game before it even ended. Um, so that's something to consider as well. So while, you know, while we have our own vulnerabilities on our defense, I think our defense is, is going to potentially, or I think we're going to have uh, a mutually assured boring game destruction. Uh, but I do think that the 49ers will, will end up being able to overpower uh, even with the weaknesses that we have on hand. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Shanahan again. He's he's doing his post game presser on Brock Purdy. He was asked about the three overthrows. He said they were all tough ones. The main thing he did today was protect the ball. So kind of the same thing you said. I mean that is key, especially in a game where Stafford ended up throwing two interceptions, and that kind of aided the you know 49ers taking over this game pretty much. Uh, yeah, taking care of the football is a big, big deal. Technic Sheik had this great comment. I like what I have seen from the 49ers in the first two games. They have had some struggles, uh, still push through. I mean, I think through two games, that's true. Like this team is going to be resilient. And it's because I think they know that they're really good and there's no excuses in their minds. I, I'd imagine they feel there's no excuses for them to be down against anybody because I think they believe in themselves and they feel they should be able to beat anybody. So they've been here before, right? They they've come so close so many times. I think they're tired of getting so close. I think they know they're in control of their destiny. 
And like, it was crazy to me because like, again, in the first half to me, they looked tired. Uh, But in the second half, it's almost like as the game went on, they had more energy with each snap. It was crazy. So totally. So again, like it, it all comes from them just believing in themselves and, you know, applying themselves to do it. And I think that's what we saw in the second half. So two very different games, you know, through two weeks. But I think what we've learned from this team is that they're going to be resilient. Absolutely. And, and, and truthfully, I think one of the questions that I had at the beginning of the season that I felt got erased during the Steelers game that is now, you know, rearing its ugly head again is, is our offense going to have to carry our defense to a certain point? Yeah. Uh, that's not to say that our defense is going to be incompetent. I don't believe that at all. We've got perennial all-stars on our defense, but um, if, if, if offensive coordinators are capable of knowing where we are vulnerable and us knowing that they know that are still incapable of stopping them, um, at what point would we need to bring someone in to, to shore up some of those issues? I don't think we're at that stage yet where we need to pull the trigger on finding an expensive solution. I do think that we are beginning to see where the character of our team, both as far as our resilience and both as far as the makeup of where our strengths and weaknesses are. So it's sort of just something to monitor as we go ahead. And uh, obviously, as we play teams that have a really powerful offense, Dallas, I'm very worried about their passing attack against our defense. I'm sure they are very well aware that that is where they can strike us. So monitoring those games and seeing how we perform i think is going to really identify within ourselves where the um what areas we may need to clean up if we really want to make a deep playoff run where we feel uh pretty unstoppable yeah i I think so too i know a lot of people have mentioned that like yeah it seems like this year it's going to be the offense carrying the team and you know I, i don't know if that's completely true like i i think it could be interchangeable based on the game that's probably something that's going to be flexible based on the game like if your offense isn't holding their weight i think the Mm -hmm. defense knows that they're going to have to step up and they're going to step up and vice versa so i think this was a game where in the first half we saw the offense you know step up in place of the defense and then the second half i think it was a little of both right but you know, both of those units responded uh, to a not so great first half. And yeah, I, I think they're just going to be able to, you know, lift each other up in depending on the game. So I think that's a great development for this team, something we haven't really seen in the past. And I think it to me, like it shows growth, um, you know, on both sides of the ball that they even have the flexibility to do that. Totally. And and honestly, I feel like one of the things that I thought was really nice to see out of this game, and it it doesn't surprise me, but I just love to see it, is just the validation of the Christian McCaffrey trade. Again, making its appearance. I mean, 5.8 yards per carry, 116 yards, and then of course on the receiving end, still doing great, 6.3 average per receipt, you know, per reception. He's just such a valuable tool for this system. And and it's something that we obviously got uh, a nice sample size of last year, but for it to be a part of our, of our DNA from game one to hopefully all season, it's just something that I I don't take for granted anymore because he's such a valuable resource in particular to someone like Brock, 
who if if he's losing a little confidence because he misses a deep shot, he knows that he can hit Christian McCaffrey on something short and that he'll like many of the other yak bros be able to take that ball and and make something special out of it. So, um, you know, with all the sort of question marks around our defense and with all the question marks around the deep balls, uh, there were some highlights, you know, Debo obviously killing it, like we mentioned, but also Christian McCaffrey uh, putting up some great stats once again in, in a great performance. The 49ers trading for Christian McCaffrey last season is the reason that I believe in a higher power. Like that, <laughs> that was like it had you told me it like in like two years ago that McCaffrey would have been a 49er in 2023, 2022. I, I wouldn't have believed you because I'd have been like, that's just too good to be true. And he's here and it's marvelous. It is everything you would have expected it to be. And yeah, I, I literally can't believe it. Like I still pinch myself. It boggles my mind. And he really set the tone early, right? Like he had that uh, 51 yard run. Uh, he had a little stiff arm too at the end, a little jawing at what, what was yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. It was with a spoon. It was with a spoon. better. Even yeah, better. exactly. So, exactly. Man. So I, I think that just set the tone for the offense early that, okay, we're, we're going to be okay in this first half. And yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't stop showing you why he's so good. Same thing with Fred Warner. Yep. Fred Warner is an absolute beast. His sack was insane. I had that, like, uh, I had that gif of that, you know, the Lion King, the, yep, yep, yep. where he's like jumping through the fire. That's what Fred Warner looks like when he's, when he's making these sacks and these certain these tackles, it's, He's he's so good. It boggles my mind as well how good Fred Warner is. And I'm glad that Steve Wilkes really seemed to lean on him in the second half because he could do it all. He he really could. So he's the guy that I think if the defense is going to step up, it's going to be because of him leading the way. And I like to see Nick Bosa, you know, get a little action in the second half as well. He didn't exactly, you know, get a sack or anything, but he came close a few times and that in turn led to a lot of Stafford incompletions and just errant throws and things like that. So again, like as the game went on, these guys were just getting more and more juice. It was kind of uh, really cool to see. Totally. And, you know, it would, in, in Nick Bosa's case, I think what we're looking at is this is what it looks like if he doesn't get a full off season, which right. on yeah. one hand, you're like, oh, I wish, you know, he should have a sack by now. Some people might argue. I would say that considering the fact that he got effectively zero off season and he's still able to make as much of an impact as he does on the field, even though it doesn't reflect in his sacks, it's clearly something they have to account for uh, on the offensive line. And I think it's only a matter of time. Truthfully, I feel like he's sort of, he's still ramping up to what he's supposed to be this year. And then we obviously have many more years ahead of him uh, to, to continue to ramp up to, uh, you know, his DPOY status. So, um, you know, would love to see him get his first sack this season. Very well could come this Thursday for all we know. But um, nonetheless, Fred Warner, obviously, in the meantime, is is doing exactly what we need him to do. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if very, very, very soon here we see Nick Bosa do what he does best, which is get to the quarterback.
Yeah, Fred Warner finished with 12 tackles, a sack, one tackle for loss, one pass defended, and a quarterback hit. Uh, Nick Bosa, as we mentioned, you know, he he had a quiet game by his standards. He's still really getting up to speed. And I feel like he's he's probably Three quarterback like, hits. Yeah, he's probably kicking himself that he's not getting that sack. Like I like if there's anything we know about Bosa, like he just wants to sack the quarterback, man. Like <laughs> it's not That's as easy exactly. as it looks, it, like he says. So um it's so true. And I I know he knows that the holdout did put him back some time. And I, I think he is like kicking himself about it. By no fault of his own, really. The 49ers should have paid up a little bit sooner. But but I mean, for someone who is always looking to like break the sack record, like every year, what was it last year? You wanted to get the 20 piece, uh, right. you know, this has put him a couple weeks back on, on trying to get to, to what we know he wants to get to. Uh, so that's unfortunate for him, but luckily for all of us and him included, he's going to have several more years to be able to do that with the 49ers. Totally. And it's not even, it's not even an, uh, an indictment. Right. It's no, just the fact that he's got, you know, three QB hits in his second game after not having an offseason, he'll be just fine. Um, so once he gets that first sack, I'm sure it'll be so cathartic, not just for him, uh, and for John Lynch and for the team, but for all of us watching. So only a matter of time. I'm not worried about him. And um, you know, and I don't think that our defensive line is is the top of the, the top concern in my mind at this moment. No, absolutely not. And in fact, Nick Bosa spoke to the media after the game um, and he was asked about his workload today. He said, not too concerned about it. I feel good. I need a couple of games to get my body into football shape. Now that I'm through two and had pretty good output, I'm only going to be up from here. But yes. I mean, couldn't have said it better. So yeah, I mean, even though it wasn't the prettiest game the entire game, the 49ers came away with a win, and that's all we could ask for. They're 2-0. Uh, the Seahawks, you know, barely uh, escaped barely the Lions them. today. I was really hoping they'd fall to 0-2. Me too. Seahawks are now 1-1, one and one, and the Cardinals are 0-2. The Rams are 1-1, one and, one, and the 49ers are 2-0. Uh, and oh. So... It's like the NFC yes. West is like the defi- the division that just won't die. It's like <laughs> I, you, you think the Rams are going to be awful, and yeah. they damn near could have well been 2-0. Uh, you think the Seahawks were down and out after their first game, and then they squeeze one out against the Lions, who just beat the last Super Bowl champs. Um, you know Whether or not they're talking about a Kelsey-less team or not, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And then you've got, you know, obviously the Cardinals, they're they're kind of more of the the stinkers here. But at the same time, they very well could have walked away with a victory. Yeah. So uh, a really resilient NFC West, which is frustrating because it always you always feel like you have to be uh, on pins and needles, making sure you're you're executing on game day. Because the next thing you know, yeah. if you lose two, three games in a row, you'll wake up and you're third in the standings and you're praying to God you get a wild card spot. Especially against those NFC West games, right? Which Correct. Which had one today. There's going to be – there's more down the line. So the 49ers can't get comfortable in any of those games as we've seen. Uh, but a win is a win, and I feel pretty good about it. So we're going to enjoy the rest of our Sunday here. I hope you guys too. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Make sure you like this video if you have not yet. 
and go to Sour Death Sam's channel as well. The link is in the description for his channel under my video, so make sure you guys check that out. He has a very unique take on on 49ers and I love it. I was on his show last week and it was a it was a really great time. So, uh any last words? No, a, a win is a win is a win. Um, obviously, a short week. I'm excited. I think I might be going to the home opener. We'll see. Um, but aside from that, just um, excited that we're 2-0. and Got to keep the momentum going. If we can get out of this Giants game on a short week with another victory and relatively healthy, uh, things will just keep getting better. So uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood, and uh, let's go Niners, right? Absolutely. Go Niners. Going to have more great content for you coming this week leading up to that Thursday game. But for now, have a good rest of your Sunday, folks. Peace.